Welcome to If the Apocalypse Comes, Beat Me, also known as I Gave Birth to a Pterodactyl. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. This week's episode is Season 2, Episode 11, Ted. We're going to be talking about characters. We're going to be talking about plot. We're also going to be talking about multiple murderers and mini-golf. So spoilers about for this episode and every episode before or after it, probably the comics and possibly even other shows. <laughs> so keep on listening, because our robots are 100% less murdery than Ted. Perfect. Pressure and just fucking crushes it. My God. Okay, plot time. Or no, introduce yep. the show. Hey, friends. Welcome back. It's been a couple weeks. It's been a couple weeks. Dan, say hello. Hello. I'm still full from Thanksgiving. It was delicious. Say <laughs> <laughs> so say hello. Oh my god. I was gonna have a robot introduction, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. Best luck to our imaginations. <laughs> Maybe it'll come back at the end. Uh, <laughs> we are here to talk about Ted. Originally aired on December 8th, 1997, co written by Joss Whedon and David Greenwalt. Uh, David Greenwalt has 10 writing slash directing credits for Buffy, including Reptile Boy, Teacher's Pet, and Bad Eggs. And Ted! Wow, what a terrible. Run and then he got to do Angel, so. but he also did The Wish. It's like what yeah, a redeeming yeah. episode. Uh, but yeah, he did do a lot more on Angel. Directed by Bruce Seth Green, who's already done a couple of the so series. Um, eight directing credits, and this season so far we've got some assembly required, Halloween, The Dark Age, and Phases upcoming. And that's the last one he'll do. Um, so, but what happened in this episode? Do you know? It's not great. First off, gross. Adults kissing. Can you believe it? I'm not sure if Buffy's more upset about her mom being home or the fact that she's smooching a stranger, but we'll never know. The stranger that Joyce is macking on is named Ted, apparently. Buffy, this is Ted. Buffy instantly hates his cooking skills and his leave-it-to-beaver attitude. Ted takes Buffy and crew out for mini-golf to prove that he's such a nice guy. And then ends up threatening to slap her face because she found she was found to be cheating at mini golf, which everyone knows is the quickest way to set off a robot. Right is right. <laughs> wrong <laughs> is wrong. <laughs> That's right. So Buffy knows this guy is bad news, but has takes a little persuading from the Scoobies to jump on board. <laughs> Buffy comes back after a night of patrolling, sneaking back into her room after an awkward dinner with Ted and Mom to find Ted sitting in the dark after rifling through all of her shit. And a fight ensues, wherein Ted is thrown down a flight of stairs. Willow and Xander, at first, are really sad and apathetic towards their friend, who apparently murdered a human, and that's got to be devastating for Buffy, because holy shit, that's the first time that's happened. And then decide that we should probably do some research on this guy, because there's no way that he's a good guy if Buffy went after him. And they find out, oh shit, he's been drugging the delicious food he's been making. Oh shit, he has literal skeletons in his closet. Ted comes back from the dead after his near-death, fake death, fall down the stairs and Buffy deactivates him permanently in the kitchen and we end on a wonderful scene with Joyce and Buffy on the porch eating what appears to be snap peas. And Yum. what else could you want? Raw snap peas. Yeah. <laughs> what a, what a classic episode. porch snack. <laughs> <laughs> Just poor shooting John, the shit. Poor John Ritter. <laughs> poor John Ritter. Yeah, he was really good when he was like a father figure in the nice mold as in like the first 45 seconds of this episode and then it got real bad he's really creepy so like he creeped me out being the nice guy that's what i mean yeah. like he was good at immediately being a weirdo yeah, yeah in almost right. every way i mean when you're just talking about buffy in even in that first scene mm-hmm. 
I like my new 9 gig hard drive. But you don't love it. Because without the DMA upgrade, your computer's only half a rocket ship. Yeah, but who can afford the upgrades? Well, you can. I get the demos for free. I don't see why I shouldn't give them to you for the same price. Any friend of Buffy's? <laughs> what? That's the sound she makes when she's speechless with geeker joy. Oh, friend of Buffy, I'll give you my fucking well, ring. Definitely uh, gave him a couple of things to make him off-putting, I think, to the audience. Mm. It was intentional, like, it had to be. Yes. Yeah, like him saying, little lady, and <laughs> calling Joyce, Joycey, <laughs> and just like, I don't know, his approach to everything. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, what I noticed right off the bat with Ted was his hair. It's insane. I can't believe the 90s allowed that to happen that's robot hair for you I, exactly yeah, it's, too long, there. it's just too and long also a great not a great but a story of some sort behind ted that we don't ever delve into like right. how he made himself a fucking robot i mean willow sort of alludes to it like he was a genius there was something here but i guess really in the end it just boils down to he was mad that his wife died and then killed everyone or his wife left him and then he went back and got her i don't think her. he's like, killing I them i think he's Oh, yeah, like being alive being, until they die. Until they die. Yeah, he wants to live for He keeps rebuilding himself, so he keeps needing a new wife because obviously he could essentially like live forever as a robot. But if you think about the computers, like the, the capacity of computers in the sixties even, the mm. and they would take up an entire room, like how does this dude have this technology? That's what I mean. In this Android. Well, it says. The sad part is the real Ted must have been a genius. There were design features in that robot. The pre Willow, tell me you didn't keep any parts. Not any big ones. Oh. Well, you're supposed to use your powers for good. I just want to learn stuff. Team Willow here. Awesome. Take pieces of this robot. That's fine. He's just a fucking robot. <laughs> I want to know, like, right off the bat, are all... I mean, obviously he was a robot, a creepy robot. But are all, like, stepdads or whatever the fuck as insistent as him? It was insane when he's just like, we wanted to... We want you to be okay with this. We, you know, what we teach her is what she takes out into the world. When we're not there, do you want me to smack your smart ass mouth? I mean, it goes from that to something like that. I mean, if I was Joyce, I would be horrified. Yes! You should be horrified. I mean, the takeaway from this episode is Joyce is a terrible mom. We've seen this saying since moment one. And, And this is prime example A for people out there that are confused about us hitting Joyce. And there have been people. This is it. When Buffy says he threatened me to smack me, she said that's impossible. He told me what happened. Yeah, that's he, not what happened. He told me, and I trust him implicitly. He caught you cheating, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And yes, I did. But it's a fucking game. He said he was gonna fucking smack me. Physically abuse me. Yeah, and it's fine. June, what is she doing? <laughs> Licking the wine. <gasps> Gross! Now I have to wipe that off. You drunkard! Get back to your home. <laughs> I can't believe she was. I just heard her licking one. something, but I thought it was just a toy. Get back to your home, you drunk! Oh my god! You have more, just a little too much. So Joyce mentioned specifically, Ted's freed up a lot of my time with this software for the gallery or whatever. What kind of software does a gallery need? But anyway, if he freed up so much of your time, why can't you be home for your daughter? Also, how long have well, you been dating this the guy? The idea is she's not home and she's not at work because she's been with Ted. Rough. Again, another example of Joyce's terrible mom. Joyce's terrible mom. But where is, like, Ted taking her? Because obviously she's not bringing him home to the house, and Ted's house is in a basement of a closed yeah. shop or something. Which was, as you pointed out, Stacia, the set of the Halloween store for Ethan Ring. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Yep. Party City or whatever. Yeah. No, Party City was Party City was Ethan's. <laughs> I think it was just called Ethan's. Just Ethan's. Yeah. Oh, that's Should've amazing. Known better. I didn't actually know that. <laughs> but, uh... I mean, she, 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 she really telegraphed his entrance, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but even Joyce, when he's like, 
you know, he wants to know everything about you. That's a good thing. Yeah. I don't think that's a good thing almost period ever i really want to know the time ever. frame because either joyce is incredibly desperate or this has been going on a while either way it doesn't look for, good for joyce that she would invite someone into her home de facto well, make him it, an actual parent didn't the uh employee at his job say it's only been a couple of months see and so yeah like, either oh, way it's right. bad that's right it's really fast i mean i think i think that they did it like this because they needed it to be obvious enough that you side with buffy and not with her friends because you need buffy to be the hero and understand why she's reacting the way she is which is why they're laying it on so thick um which i think might be why it's happening like that haven't we done that over and over and over and over again i feel like this is another example of buffy is right and everyone else just doubts her and, and we spend we've done the opposite yeah and that's why this episode fucking sucks because it falls into the same mold that we've already done multiple times i believe the subtext here is rapidly becoming a text and also that picture on the on the fridge that is like the worst picture in human history of, of two other? people together <laughs> And also, I want to say, like, folding the thing over, I mean, A, how did he get a second print of that, you know, to put at his office desk? But also, it's a small frame, Buffy. You gotta take someone out. He's not gonna put you in there. I'd be more concerned if it was you in there, you know? So, you drew the right conclusions, girl. You knew what you were doing. But, do you want me to slap that smart-ass mouth of yours? Who's up for dessert? I made chocolate chip cookies! Oh, God. Daddy's here. Um... Well, that was something I, I said, yeah. When 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 he said, Daddy's here, like, Joyce doesn't even raise an eyebrow. Like, something's, something's wrong with Joyce, obviously. Yeah, that she's letting this obvious predator, like, fucked up person into her house and not trusting her daughter, even yeah. a little bit. Even the second time around when he comes back. Well, to be fair to Joyce, she is drugged Ooh, through this yeah, whole that's episode. that's a great point. I didn't actually think about that. And when and when when Ted dies and disappears and she's not eating his food anymore and he comes back she's immediately like something's wrong. Hmm. I and did not put that together. negatively. So but we're not going to let her No, no, because even the second is, sentence she, she said but is this real? Okay, it's real. But she's been eating his drugged food for weeks now, not just days like Xander. Yeah. You see how Xander, you see his immediate reaction from, "Oh my god, oh my god, Buffy." We have to say Buffy, Buffy, oh my god. Everything will be fine. But that even lingered for a while too because even later they right, were laughing. Right. So that's and, all yeah. Joyce has been eating for a while and it's obviously one of his tactics to get people like malleable to his suggestions this so, sets Joyce off the I, I think I think it's fair at least that part of the reason why she's letting all of this slide like Buffy it's not that big of a deal it's because she's drugged yeah <laughs> she has drugs in her system I didn't think, well, I, think a lot. I wish they would have yeah. said like one of Scooby's like oh that means your mom yeah well I guess they, well, Buffy, that means the writers assumed you'd be smart enough not smart enough <laughs> but I guess, I mean, does it change? I guess it does for Xander. He, like, changes his, his entire outlook on everything. Because, like, you know, with drugs and alcohol, that kind of stuff, it sort of amplifies who you already are. Mm-hmm. And so, sort of, Joyce being really cruel and saying, like, she doesn't think it is when, you know, he said he was going to smack me. Ah, it's okay. It's fine. Everything's fine. Would Joyce have said that differently? Well, was that a part of her I personality? Mean, you want to think not, because Joyce is. Doesn't the Joyce mom. think of her daughter as being a liar and a criminal? Yeah, so, so wouldn't that just be wouldn't amplified? Wouldn't Buffy by the- lie about him saying that if Buffy doesn't like him, which she obviously doesn't? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. How does that even, that tranquilization Plus, work? Because it all benefits him. Yeah. When really it would just like zonk you out, so it's weird. There must be something else going on, but it wasn't magic. Well, I think it's maybe it just, just enough to like dull that feeling of there's something wrong here, right? Like yeah. that's because Xander was like something's wrong, Buffy, Buffy, and then he takes it and he's, he's like, like oh, it's, it's fine. fine. 
no big deal. So let's stop talking. That's about kind it. of yeah. my like you don't you can't like muster that like anxiety response to something. And maybe that's why the anxiety of like my my daughter got threatened by right. my partner. Um, just all the way instantly. And it's like, oh no, she already explained a much more logical and, and nicer uh, scenario of that. Well, and then plus Buffy just has just met Ted, whereas she's known him for weeks or maybe even months. And, it's and has to, this idea yeah. of Ted as being a really considerate person who's really thoughtful and is kind of like old school traditional attitudes towards chivalry and all this stuff. And so to hear him say something that she would consider to be extremely out of character, I think also being drugged it would be easy for her to be like that's not what happened you just misconstrued the conversation yeah because you know joyce has never seen him do that because that is not that would not be something that would come up the entire reason why he would the anger with the buffy thing so apparently so with him killing everybody he wanted to eliminate all family basically to get her alone because i mean he could just kidnap joyce and just go down into the bunker well, and live out the rest of their planning lives. Planning to kill yeah, Buffy. I don't, I don't think so. I think just once things started going south, yeah. it's like, oh. I need to get Joyce out of here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she would not be like a hang threat. Or and whatever. she would have been fine if Buffy towed the line and was like acted yeah. like a little leave it to Beaver. Right. Like, oh yeah, I'll get my grades up. Everything will be fine. Yeah. But and then he would have been like, oh great, everything is fine. It's still good. Both of them alive until they die. Yeah, that's a fair room. point. Yeah. I got you. Okay, that makes sense. Unfortunately, sense. Buffy kept pushing his buttons. Oh! Yes! Actually, the one one thing I did really enjoy about this episode was how many he's a robot lines there were. I'm not wired that way yes. multiple times. He's the machine, says the sales guy. Every home should have one of you, says Joyce, as if he's an appliance. I had to shut down for a while. And uh, well, after we find... obvious. Yeah. It's amazing. I know, but still, like... And then after yeah, we find out he's a legit a robot... Uh, Buffy says he's on the scrap heap. So I just like, those are fun. I believe the uh, subtext here is, is rapidly becoming uh, a text. That we mentioned. Of life. <laughs> yes. the, big, the biggest takeaway for me, and this is another one that goes back to like knowing Buffy as the whole show, is that for a traumatic event of a teenage girl killing another human being, it, it doesn't have the weight that they obviously have later I mean, on. I think it was... It was very sad. Buffy wore overalls that were way way too big for her. I mean, if that doesn't telegraph, I want to give up on life. I don't know what does. The school was really concerned about Buffy in that moment, but never was concerned about murders happening on the campus. I I couldn't separate all the shit that's gone down at Sunnydale with the idea that everyone in town knows that Buffy had a part to play in like this weird accident this weird event and everyone's shunning her but they also saw her the episode before save them from a cop who was trying to kill kids like wh- what what are we even doing here does that make sense like i don't i don't understand the, the disconnect and so to me that got really rough because they're trying to shoehorn all this emotion on sarah michelle geller i mean that scene with joyce in the kitchen like her crying was very affecting She's a great actor. Oh, but she was putting away the same... Well, same bowl over same and over scene. again. Yeah. My God. <laughs> got lots of stuff on the Tupperware. Yeah. Oh, I have to think about the things that made me care about him. This Tupperware. Oh, my God. Oh, this pot cover. That wasn't yeah. even his stuff. I know, it wasn't even his stuff. 
And then she was putting the same bowl back in, and she was like, let me help. And she was like, I'm almost I'm done. Sorry. And I'm like, 20 minutes later, she's still <laughs> putting the same bowl back in the box. And then she just walks it down to the basement, and doesn't she walk back up with it? Like, I don't remember. I just, just walked back up with it. But so, oh so But that's the thing, where we're trying to shoehorn that. And on top of that shoehorn, I think they did what lazy fucking writers do, which is that they're sort of responding to criticism here I think where they're like what would happen if there was an actual murder the police would be involved there's a coroner's office there's all this stuff we went to the fucking police station we went through some nonsense bullshit none of that had to be done so put that, she's like look at all these cops pretending that they work in Sunday dance. exactly <laughs> and then this whole uh, you know rigmarole where it's like oh we're not gonna press charges today you guys should go home and go to sleep it's like why is this in the show? What is happening? This has become a weird procedural where we just sort of move this along. I think I hated it. I mean, I think they needed to do it because if you didn't, then you would be like, why weren't the cops investigating Buffy? But that's what I mean. Like, they're just responding to the fact that the cops have never responded to anything else. And so this would be well, the one thing that they This is the first time it was a human with a body that needed to be dealt with. But then they'll never come back around well, again. Kids have been murdered and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and the cops come then too. Well, you see, you see the them wheel world. out the body. I know, but... It's just that Buffy wasn't immediately involved, and Buffy and wasn't the person is, who yeah. killed the person. Still, right? It was dumb. I mean, I don't. I think it was a lot to try to pack into one episode. It's way too much to pack into one episode. I sometimes like things that are not good for me. But also, I think it was necessary that they do that. That they show that there's consequences for Buffy's actions in the real world. Yeah, because like, I mean, the they're they're like, shouldn't she have like a license yeah, to kill? That's Except a fact that she doesn't. That. No, no, you're, you're right. The, all of it makes sense. The whole arc. It was just terrible. That's the only. That's because it was such a second. Because yeah, she should be held accountable. She should go through the legal system. She should have to answer for her crime and have her entire community be like, "Oh, this is weird." All of that's real, but when it happens over five minutes, and then it's like, "Oh, he was a robot the whole time." Cool. Then was everything's he- fine. Literally, everything's fine. Get out the snap peas. We're doing it. What was he? A demon? A giant bug? Some kind of dark god with the secrets of Nouvelle Cuisine? I mean, we are talking creature feature here, right? Oh, man. Okay, does Joyce know he was a robot? We never mention it. No, and that's at the very end. No, because when she's like, he's on Scrappy, ha-ha, it was played that Joyce doesn't understand what that means. But that Buffy killed him in the kitchen. Killed him in the right, kitchen. and that's all she thinks? And then they dismembered him and put him away. Absolutely. Joyce and that's why Joyce... Joyce for being a superhero. You just think your teenage daughter drove off this predator? Like, what? Yes. And also, what was all that stuff with throwing his hair all around and going crazy like why don't you let Joyce in on something Joyce is worse because she doesn't know anything yeah and she in this situation she doesn't better. know anything and she doesn't want to know anything yeah. right Buffy but I don't think anybody later okay but like I think Buffy should trust her mom and be like hey mom listen he was a robot look at his jaw well she open. does right eventually she's like I'm the slayer and Joyce is like oh in the future you're right. mental right. yeah and it, get out or and whatever. that's like a big arc of season 3 is Joyce trying to deal with yeah. right. uh, Buffy being a slayer my favorite Joyce moment of the whole series is probably in season 4 when Faith comes back and Joyce is like my daughter's gonna kick your ass like mm. yeah. where she believes in her like that it takes a while to get there but yeah for now no not so much I just have one question yes yeah. why did Ted want to marry Joyce because yeah, why was it important even to marry him because he couldn't resist her oh my god Resistor, like an electronic resistor. I thought that was a serious question. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, why Joyce? <laughs> Which I guess is a fine yeah. question. she was easy prey. I don't really know. Oh. But he was nuts and bolts about her. <sighs> I warned you were going to do this, and then you're doing it, and it's as awful as I imagined. 
His heart beeps for Joyce. Okay. Oh my god, there's so many. Oh my god. This is amazing. That's it. <laughs> That's not it. Do you have more? That could be it. <laughs> <laughs> However, he's a bit rusty with dating. <laughs> oh my god. I spend a lot of telling me what to do. I'm decorating. Well then, I'd, I'd probably better go pack. I already have your clothes. They're your size. They're always your size. You left me once, but I keep bringing you back. Husband and wife is forever. Forever. Let's go. Ted, let go, please. Get off me. Fine, then. I'll have to carry you. Obviously, one of the scenes that sets off Buffy's... Buffy's... Spidey senses is uh, the mini golf scene, right? That's where we get. I'm gonna smack you in the face. So I was like, let's talk about some mini golf. I'm a fan of mini golf. I love mini golf. Right? Stacey, do you like mini golf? I hate it. No, oh, no. They have glow in the dark mini golf in the middle of downtown they do. Portland. They do. It's you pirate just things. continue to fail at it forever. Yeah, I'm I'm a person who fails often. I'm okay with this. Mini golf. Where did she come from? Where did she go? The earliest He's not here to say that's a joke. <laughs> no, no, no. Cotton that joke. No. The earliest published. You would take that from me. <laughs> the earliest published mention of geometrically shaped mini golf courses made of artificial materials was in the June eighth, nineteen twelve edition of the Illustrated London Whoa. News, introducing a mini golf course called. Golfsticle, which is officially the dumbest name of mini golf course ever. Someone really tried for two seconds. Well, it's golf, but with more obstacles. I, I believe the uh, subtext here is, is rapidly becoming uh, a text. Golfsticles. <laughs> there were lots of mini golf courses started cropping up in America in the early 20th century. Um, one of which was called the Thistle Do. <laughs> In Pinehurst, North Carolina. There was also the Tom Thumb in Lookout Mountain, Tennessee. And over 150 rooftop courses in New York City, which is pretty cool. Were the ones you mentioned more famous than the others? Like they were the first ones? Or? Okay. But there were thousands during the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But then the Great Depression saw an end to all that because people were like, frivolous things like mini golf, not as important as feeding ourselves. So by the end of the 1930s, almost all of the mini golf courses in America were gone, with the exception, or one of the most notable exceptions, being one in Rochester, outside of Rochester, New York, Mm -hmm. called the Parkside Whispering Pines Miniature Golf Course, and was put on the Register of Historical Places in 2002. Um, So you can still go there. So that's pretty cool. So that was around before the Great Depression. I would yeah. kind of like to go to a miniature golf course, but that was around. I would love to go to that. That's actually on my list now. Rochester. Rochester. Been there, but never. Well, outside of Rochester. I don't know how far outside of Rochester. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's amazing, though. That's 3,000 plus miles away from where we are right now. Canada's first mini golf course uh, was actually built as a summer home in the 1890s and then turned into a club of sorts in 1902 and then eventually turned was opened to the public in 1914 and added a mini golf course in 1930. This place is called the Maples Inn at Point Claire, Quebec, known colloquially as the Mapes, because of course, thanks Canada. It was a really popular night spot until 1985 when it burned down. <laughs> That's mini golf. 
mini golf history. We you know putt putt. You know how like sometimes we call it putt putt instead of mini yeah, golf. Yeah. That's actually a brand name, and apparently their courses are like the most legit ones. They're a miniaturized version of golf, more so than with the windmills and like all that stuff. Mm. It sounds like a less fun version of mini golf. Like, isn't the whole point with the characters and the themes and the oh, that's the fun. But if you're going to play professional mini golf, which is a thing of sorts, like there are competitions you can enter, you're playing on a pop-up course because they're like legit. Yeah. But I mean, when you say legit, does that mean that there's like a rock in the way or? They have hazards. They have hazards. But it's mostly just like you're working on your short game for golf. Uh, The worst, right? No one wants to play that. Ted is awful. We can agree. This is not a great episode, but apparently it was inspired by a movie called Stepfather. Mm. Go figure, which was a 1987 psychological horror thriller starring none other than John Locke from Lost, Terry O'Quinn himself. Ah, no shit. It's about a dude named Henry who assumes the identity of another person, Dick Whitman style, uh, after murdering his first family. He then remarries a widow uh, with a teenage daughter, a la Buffy, and has, uh, in his little killing spree, continues after she becomes suspicious. So this uh, grossed 2.4 million and had uh, in 1987 when it was released and had two sequels, um, Stepfather 2 in 1989 and Stepfather 3 in 1992. Has kind of a cult following. We should probably check it out sometime. I bet it's a great bad movie. And it was actually remade in 2009, Stepfather. And that movie is loosely based on the murderer John List. John List. American multiple murder and longtime fugitive on November 9th, 1971. He killed his wife, mother, and three children in their home in Westfield, New Jersey, and then disappeared. He planned the murder so meticulously that nearly a month passed before anyone suspected that anything was amiss. He eluded justice for nearly 18 years and assumed a new identity and remarried, which is how he was able to stay away for so long. Why? He was finally apprehended in... Virginia on June 1st, 1989, after the story of his murders were broadcast on America's Most Wanted. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was convicted on five counts of first-degree murder and sentenced to five consecutive terms of life imprisonment without parole. The reason he gave for murdering his family was financial problems, because that's how you get rid of debt, and the, his family had fallen away from God. The only uh, way to guarantee their place in heaven where they could be re- reunited was to kill them. There you go. So that movie loosely inspired the movie The Stepfather, which loosely inspired this episode of Buffy. See, when I watched Unsolved Mysteries, I always thought that was a real possibility, that that person would walk through my my door or or come through the window and murder me and my entire family. I mean, possibly. Do you know D.B. Cooper? Apparently, this John List guy was a suspect because he disappeared around the same time. Oh, no way. Yeah, right? Fucking cool. Six Degrees of Buffy. There you have it. Let's yell at each other. I think it's time for yelling. It's time for yelling. Daniel, why don't you start yelling? Who was the real power, Captain or Tennille? Yeah, so I had to look at them up. They were a music group apparently mm-hmm. in the 70s. Love will keep us together. There you go. Also, their entire conversation was really great, though, about yeah, power dynamics and like what. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I have my own fun. I have that somewhere down here. I just wrote, Joyce! Because we didn't even do that. <laughs> we didn't even do it. Um, I, I just really hate that they assumed that that Spike and Drusilla were dead. I mean, that's like the, mm-hmm. the oldest trope in the book. Like, oh, we killed him. We don't have to look down the cliff or do anything. Nope, no follow-up needed. You killed him. Were those laugh squeal when she's like, Wonderful. Oh, and also, yeah, just to bring that up, technology in this episode, Willow loves her 9 gig hard drive. Oh, she's into it. Into it, but without a DMA upgrade, her computer's only half a rocket ship. Now, DMA, not a thing. So DMA, Data Migration Assistant, is the is a Windows thing. Distributed media application is something that Cisco Systems makes. Mm-hmm. 
that's all I could find. I don't know what a DMA upgrade could possibly be. He could be talking about fake. RAM. Um, yeah, but did they have to? They can't say RAM. They have to say D- DMA. Like that's yeah, what I mean. Like, yeah. I, did they just make it up for the show? Possibly. Sounds likely. Those mini yeah. pizzas looked fucking great, by the way. Oh no, those looked great. like bagel bites. They look like they were bigger. garbage. They look good. They look good. Mm. They look the Red Baron makes this deep dish microwavable pizza that's really sad. I really like. It. I was watching on like fourth of my screen so oh, i just saw like a weird cheese nothing that he's just eating <laughs> weird cheese nothing yeah. i was all for cordelia defending buffy in this episode yeah. that was mm. great vampires are creeps i mean people are perfectly happy and getting along and the vampires come and they run around and they kill people and they take over the whole house and they start making these stupid little mini pizzas and everyone's like i like the mini pizza <laughs> but i <yeah. laughs> Angel's too busy in his undead life to listen to fucking Buffy. What? Why don't we just make out? Finally, you're saying good, whatever, something. Whatever something I want to hear. Oh my god, I hate them so much. That was a long scene, too, of bandaging his fucking... I know. Of his hand that, Stacia pointed out, wasn't actually even injured in what's my line. Like, that obviously, it's supposed to go through his hand, but when he walks away, there's no there's, there's no, no problem. Yeah, there's no, no problem. problem. Buffy's mom had sex with a robot, and that's the true theme of this episode. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Stacia's a dead truther. <laughs> uh, he's a clean clown i have my own fun yeah <laughs> buffy wants hank and joyce to get back together hank is the fucking worst he abandons you and never talks to you again. but like, it's dad that's i mean yeah that, that, that was another just weak element that you're just like shoehorn shoehorn all of it yeah. in bookcracker buffy it's kind of a, her nickname right that's we often funny. call her bookcracker buffy <laughs> Giles and Jenny in the oh, end are so adorable. Yeah, just, oh shit, Jenny Calendar and all. <laughs> I was so happy to see her again. And then when Giles is like, I didn't mean to have dog eyes at you. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, have you ever saw someone's car in presumably a large metropolitan area and just stopped to go apologize for something that has been happening? Jenny just said, I saw your car. Oh, so yeah. I thought I would just stop in the middle of the night. I like that she was like, you're hanging around a cemetery in the middle of the night. Must be just a normal day where there's no danger. Yeah. And then poor Giles is like, I feel so bad because I put you in danger. And now you put yourself back in danger. And now we have to do this all over again. But at least it had a happy ending until she dies. Cordy went talking about Buffy. Yeah, why can't we have a fascist society? Oh, wait, girl. Just give us 20 years. Oh. Uh, let's talk about Ted's job. So there was no way that Buffy could have just waltzed in to that call center. There was no payment transfer, or there was no payment, there was no transfer. He just thanked the person because he convinced her to do it. Uh, His QA score is going to be terrible. Uh, The employee (laughs) tallies the whiteboard. So, like, why wouldn't you just walk up and, like, erase Ted's stuff, you know? Don't we have computers to do that for us? Uh, He also announces his lunch to no one and walks away. You can just do that. Um, But otherwise... um, you know, Kelly and I, we've worked at call centers before. I don't know if you have, but Mm-mm. I mean, how many times have you said, uh-oh, the Uber boss, back to the salt mines. Literally never. And then you wink. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we say it all the time. But I mean, I still say it. So. It's a common phrase. Yeah, it's amazing. Logistically, I'm not sure how Willow would have kept parts of Ted. When would she have gotten near the body? Like, But if your theory holds true that Buffy just like kind of discarded the body some way, maybe Willow helped with the deconstruction. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I think. Because okay. I, I think the scrap heap is a metaphor for they did actually throw this person in the trash and yeah. got rid of it. Totally dismembered that's it. That's a distinct possibility. Uh, Xander calls Ted the Master Chef, but do you think that he would be okay on Master Chef, the television show? Oh, so the pizza pizzas hold up. That's what I mean. <laughs> the chef thing's actually a nod to his character in Three's Company. Apparently, he was a chef. Who knows, <sighs> right? Also, the whole he needed to drug people and food was a good vehicle for that. More important. What am I? 50? I don't know what <laughs> company is. Come on. The bunker reminded me of Fallout. For sure. That's for sure. 
I'm, I'm Giles was saved with layers of tweed. I hope you think about that. I do. Um, oh, and you're pulling the bolt out of his back. Just like, what a badass moment. <laughs> and sticking a vampire with it. Like, oh, yeah. It was fucking incredible. Ripper for the win. Um, and then I'll leave it with this. This episode literally ends with the mission statement of so many Buffy episodes. Buffy says that she plans to forget all of this and start again as if none of it has happened. Yep. So why don't we treat this for what it is? Garbage episode. Never happened. Move on. We're doing it. Did you learn anything from this episode, Stacia? I learned that Kevlar is... God damn it. Tweet is basically Kevlar. I learned that Tweet is basically Kevlar. (laughs) And also, you should be careful about who you have sex with, because they might be a robot. It's true. Dan, did you learn anything? I learned absolutely nothing, except never to watch this again. It was a mistake in the first place. (laughs) I learned that you should trust your fucking kids. And if someone seems too good to be true, they might be. All right, let's rank this sucker. Stacia, are you out for this this week as you were two weeks ago? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll get my life together. <laughs> There's a reckoning coming. Episode 22. You're going to have to. Well, I can yourself. tell you that Ted's going to be like maybe right above the pack, which is the very bottom oh, there you go. <laughs> of my list. So oh. That's probably the ranking for this episode. All right. It's good to know. It's episode 21. We, we've resolved it. I hate Xander more than I hate Ted, which is saying something. There you Ted go. makes my skin crawl. <laughs> oh, right. You're doing overall. I was like, yeah. I can't believe the pack was this season. No, no. no. It feels so long ago. So, Will of Hacks, we talk about the net. There's computers fucking everywhere in this episode. It's got to be a 10 of 10. It's an 8. I give it an 8. Ooh. I know. Could have given it Willow stole murdery robot I know. cards. How is that not? All right. It was cool. All right. I'll give it a 9. You guys are fucking up my score. Because Joyce, I gave a 1. Right? But I, I do you want to know why I gave her one? I was going to give her a zero. You know why I gave her one? Because when the cops come, they say, what happened? And she says he fell. I know. And I'm like, that's looking out for Buffy. That's yeah. pretty cool. She said he fell. So yeah. I gave her one. And then you make this amazing, compelling argument uh-huh. about Drew's drugs She's the drugged. whole time. So now she gets a two. And I hope you're happy with yourself. So now we've raised my score three points. And I wasn't ready for that shit. It's still going to be the lowest rated episode of the season. Don't worry. So, <laughs> Giles is nine. Kevlar Tweed. Dog Eyes. Uh, Vamp Fight. Come on now. Jenny Calendar. Yes. Just making out. Friendship. We get a big old three because no one gives a shit about Buffy's problems. No. <laughs> they <laughs> talk about it an appallingly small amount Considering of the, the legitimate danger she's in. Is, are you okay, Buffy? You murdered a person. And then, episode specific, we get a zero of ten because beg to differ, little lady. And that just made me fucking cringe. Yeah, for me, this gives a total score, even Sorry. with even with uh, the additional three points of 31, which is lowest for the season. So we got 11 of 11. This episode is going to be episode number 133. Five from the bottom. Nice. Well, it would be 132. Be 137 is. Uh, yeah. What? If you're doing math, it would be 132. I'm not doing math. So 132, five from the bottom. <laughs> nice. Garbage episode. Terrible. Um, anything else to add for this episode? It, nope. Hmm? Station. No, this episode is in the bag. Nice. All right. We're a real podcast. Find us at BBPod on Twitter, BBPod on Tumblr, BBPod.wordpress.com. Send us an email, BBPodgmail.com. We have a Spotify playlist if you're into that with episodes, uh, songs from the episodes that we've watched so far, as well as songs that we've mentioned in our news segment. BBPod-Funtime playlist for podcast fans. Or, sorry, beat me. Funtime playlist for podcast fans. Season two. two. Stacia, say goodbye. I have one last thing to say. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's going to be a robot pun. <laughs> Maybe none of this would have happened if Ted only had a heart. Oh, oh that was sweet. Wait. Yeah, he wanted the heart. The scarecrow wanted the brain. Right? There we go. Mm-hmm. Daniel, say goodbye. If he only had a heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the song goes. See you in 2018, suckers. Oh, yeah. So we'll be back. Oh, my gosh. 
January sometime. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> That's amazing. When is the next episode? Uh, Don't worry about it. I was dreaming about bills. <laughs> <laughs>